there is a moment, there is an interaction, there's an incident that happens where you used your logical thinking and it didn't put you in a place you wanted to be. And I think at that point, you can look back and say, you know what, there was something there, something inside that wasn't, that didn't align and I, I should have trusted that. Welcome to the Cubicle Revolution. This is a podcast about finding another way. It's about redefining success, finding the courage to follow that inner whisper, and creating a career path that speaks wildly to the deepest parts of your soul. For the successful but unfulfilled, the yearning but bored, the stressed out, over-caffeinated, desperate for more kind of person. If you're wondering how you got here and how to get out, put your headphones on and press play. I'm your host, Candace Carlton. Let's get started. I was just recently introduced to Missy Fine, and when we had our first intro video chat, I was completely mesmerized by the way she sees the world. She has had the courage to create her own path from day one as an entrepreneur and creative director, traveling the world to create mega events for companies like Tesla, Apple, ESPN, and ABC, to name a few. But what's most incredible about Missy is how seamlessly she seems to navigate her inner and outer world. How she clearly sees her outer world as reflection of her consciousness and unapologetically taps into her intuition to show her what's next. As a result, she's been asked by the top entrepreneurial college in the world to create a course on intuition in business. If you love this episode, share it with your friends and subscribe for more goodness from the Cubicle Revolution. I'm so excited to have Missy Fine on here on our podcast for the first time. Missy, I, you know, you and I have had a conversation already and I'm just like enthralled by all the projects that you take on and how you navigate self-employment. I know you've always been self-employed and the question I actually had for you was, was there ever a time where you actually considered getting a job? Okay. <laughs> no, there is definitely a time when I thought about getting a job. I had started my first company when I was 15, and I had grown up in a family where entrepreneurship was at its roots. My dad owned a business, my mother owned a business, and they went back and forth owning different creative companies their whole lives. So being raised in that atmosphere, I realized that it was doable. And I think after I graduated from Babson being the number one entrepreneurial school in the world and seeing how many students went to corporations right out of college, I was so surprised by that. It would just seem like such a safe route in a weird way. I understand the experience aspect of it and everything, but just in my heart, it was never my passion to do that. So so you just knew it was like a sense of knowing and your parents had kind of like shown you that it was possible as well. Yes, it was a sense of freedom. It was a that, sense of, yeah. You know, it was no different than going to school, having to be somewhere at the same time every day in the routine. And I knew that was not the type of lifestyle that I wanted. But also, not having that routine is also one thing that, as an entrepreneur, I have to really work hard at because it's always different. It's always different. And what's interesting for me is I've always had a job and only in the last year have I made the leap to be able to work for myself. But there's a sense of like nervousness about it because you're like, well, can I do it outside the structure? Because you become so conditioned to oh, yes. kind of like being in the structure. If you were talking to someone like me or someone who's trying to make the leap, but they've never done it before, what advice would you give them? It's okay to be really scared. 
it's okay. Hey, it's scary. Like you are doing something that is against the norm. And I think that you can get so frightened by how am I going to pay rent? How am I going to lead a normal life? How am I going to do this, this, and this? And at the end of the day, it's a leap of faith you have to have. And if it's calling to you, if that sort of lifestyle is calling to you, then that's, you already know you're meant to have that lifestyle. And I think that's something that you talk a lot about. And it's something that I, you know, has been in my journey my whole life of like tuning into intuition and then being able to trust it. And really, I think that a lot of people and a lot of people that I speak to, they feel the call, but they don't know if they can trust it. And I know you had mentioned, really, you make all your business decisions based on your intuition. So can you tell us a little bit, you had told me about this example in terms of you created something for Victoria's Secret's fashion show, and it's not something you would have thought you would be doing, but why you made the decision to actually take that gig. Right. Sure. No problem. So um, in 2017, I was the hair and makeup coordinator for the Victoria's Secret runway show in Shanghai. And what that entails is during the pre-show, they are all getting ready. They're changing. They're getting their hair and makeup done. And there's live backstage interviews going on worldwide live. So there's a lot of stuff going on. And although this isn't something I normally do, and although it didn't align 100% with my views on, on women and self-respect and some of those issues, I realized that it was a way for me to expand my horizons, to travel to China and see a culture and learn how to work within a culture. Um, and also, I have this connection with wings and feathers. And to me, knowing that these were angel wings walking down the aisle, as crazy as that sounds, it was a sign to me that this was something I should follow. And I did. Right. So I want to talk about that. When you have these opportunities coming to you and you're relying on your intuition to be the decision maker, how do you know it's your intuition speaking to you versus like your the fear that you need to like get a job or get the next thing or whatever it is? You talked about some kind of symbolism and feathers showing up for you. Yes. <laughs> that sounds crazy. Yes. I think... Um, they're different for everyone and whether they're a spirit animal or a rock or, or whatever it may be. Um, it's truly a feeling from your core. It's, it's something that if you don't do it, then you're always going to think what about that or have regrets about that something you didn't do. So if you have that pulling that inkling that comes from inside, as opposed to your mind, I think that is the, the definition where I try to draw the line. It's, is it my brain making the decision in my mind or is it truly something from my soul inside that tells the way? You know, I once accepted what I thought was my dream job and I negotiated this huge salary increase. And then I went to bed that night and I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and I found myself dry heaving <laughs> over the toilet. 100 <laughs> And I was like, oh gosh, this is, that was a mistake. I have to call them back and tell them, sorry, forget about it. I've changed my mind. So it's amazing how our minds 
can make up this whole story as to why we should take something because it, it on the outside it appeared like everything I had wanted, but my intuition and my gut was telling me something else. Yeah, exactly. And you try to rationalize it. I find when I when I go down the road of rationalizing, I was like, okay, this is this is not the route I should be going. It shouldn't be that difficult in a weird way. Like it should flow. But also you have to make those mistakes. That's part of the learning process. And you have to make those mistakes so you can go back and be like, yeah, I see why I took that. I see how I got that thought path to to why I accepted this job. And then what were the turning points of why you didn't like it? Right. Yeah. Do you have a practice that you have to connect to your intuition? And what is it? Okay. Um, I do. I meditate every morning. I have a set of affirmations that I use as well. Um, and when a job comes in, if I feel like I need to have a moment alone and sit with my tarot cards or my guides or my crystals to see if anything comes through in that realm, um, that is what I will do. And Usually, something within that process will guide me to a decision. I think it's so powerful. I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned in the last year, I've been practicing meditation, I teach meditation, but in the work realm, I like to move really fast. And what I discovered, Mm -hmm. however, was when I was discussing new opportunities or new projects, Marianne Williamson had talked about this a lot, about taking pause, about saying to people, thank you for that offer. That's amazing. I'd like 48 hours to think about it. And instead of just saying yes straight away. And what I found is you get a lot more clarity for me. And I can have a much more powerful yes. Or if something isn't working, I can identify that in the possible opportunity and have a conversation about it. Missy, something that I have been experiencing over the last year, and I think is very common to a lot of business owners, is there's very busy periods, and then there's kind of quieter periods. And I wonder, like, how, what advice would you have for handling that in your experience? Because there's part of me that wants to go out, and I know for other people, go out and network like crazy and take all this action. And then there's another part that says, no, this is the quiet period so that you can relax and like gear up for the next project. Right. I mean, there's definitely a balance, but I I think one thing that's really helped me in this process is people go to work and work is something that is a place that sometimes people don't like. And to me, my work is my joyous place. It's very easy, whether I'm on location or I'm home creating, that process is super easy to me. So To me, my work is really when I'm quote unquote not working because that's when I have to take time to recover for my self-care, that balance of what do I need to do for myself so when the creative job does come that I'm ready for it. And within that space, do I network? What, What am I doing to propel myself to grow, you know, my company as well as myself? So. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
So it sounds like what you're saying is you take those lull periods as a time for really self-care and reflection and replenishing versus like going out and like being just in, in frantic action to get right, your but, next client. But for me personally, that is harder. That's harder. That is because that's where the work begins. You know, everything begins with you and that is where the work has to happen. So my work is a reflection of the work I've done inside and cultivating that time. I find as an entrepreneur and a spiritual human being and a creative human being that that is the hardest part. So talk a little bit more about that. Your work is a reflection of what's going on with you inside. Yes. So (laughs) to me, um, the things I create are, are experiences that I have through my spiritual connection to the world. And that is what flows out of me. And so I've had to work very hard to be able to come to a calm space and be able to, to release and have the ability for the creative to just flow through me. And that has taken a lot of practice and experience through doing jobs that I like and jobs that I don't like what, what propels me and what stunts me. And again, tracking those and seeing how can I shift or pivot what my manifestations are. So the creativeness that I have allowed myself can flow out. And I think that would be relevant to anyone, even if they're in a job, right? Like paying attention. Yeah. Paying attention to like what lights them up, what they get energy from versus like what's really draining them so that they can start to like shift as much as they can into the area that really gives them energy. Of course. And I think that's true for, for a lot of people. That is how the transition goes. They have a day job. They realize they're not happy. What makes them happy? Well, maybe it's yoga. So they start taking yoga classes and then you're like, you know what? I want to do this in a more fuller capacity. So then I become a yoga teacher. And that is how this transition happens. And yeah, there's so much there. I just want to say, but like, I remember when I was in my job, I was going to be a financial advisor, had been all on that side. And when I really asked myself the question, well, what are you meant for? What brings you joy? I didn't know. (laughs) That was not a question I had ever asked myself. And that's like shocking reflecting on it now. But what I started to pay attention to was signs. So I was like, okay, I feel different at yoga than I do everywhere else. Right. And that's all I know. Okay. So I'm going to go to yoga more. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people live in that space. I certainly had a feeling really disconnected from your heart center and what brings you joy and so much in our head. Yeah. So it's really like, as you said, like, and I didn't even know that that was part of the transition or the journey, but just starting to identify if you're in a job that sucks or that you hate, well, yeah. what is it in my life or even in this job that I do like? And how do I do more of that? Exactly. Because I don't think there's just an answer that appears like this is your purpose. This is what you're meant to be doing. No, it's a process and, and it can change daily. That's the thing. Like, you know, if there are things that aren't aligning with, with things that are happening in your life, well, how, what, what do I like about this and how can I do more of that? And how can I do less of what I don't like? Right. And still get paid. And still get paid. 
and still, you know, (laughs) 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 but it's a scary process. Like there are, there were months and years where sometimes I didn't know how I was going to pay my rent, but it always worked out. It always did. And after, after years of this happening of grinding and realizing that I am happier than the people around me, not that, not that what I'm doing is better than them. It's just, I find more happiness in my life because I'm following my passions. So do you think your work is your purpose? I do. Yes. And do you believe that everyone's work has to be their purpose? No. I don't. That is a really good question. I mean, to me, my per- to me if you were to ask me what is my purpose on, on this planet, my purpose is to help raise consciousness. In whatever way that looks like, that could be. And whatever that looks like, that is where I will follow and where I will go to. And I think that is how on my entrepreneurial journey I got here because to me, my happiness was when I created stuff. So it didn't matter if I was creating a flower arrangement. It didn't matter if I was creating a dinner for a car show. It didn't matter what I was doing. As long as I was able to express my joy, I knew that was where I should be heading. Um, You know what I think is really interesting is Elizabeth Gilbert uh, made this YouTube video and she talks about, she's like, everybody needs a job. She's like, this is one Mm -hmm. thing that's true of being an adult because you need to pay the bill. bills. And she says, and everyone has a vocation, which is kind of your purpose. And then she talks about how sometimes your vocation is not your job, how she was writing because she couldn't but not write, even while she was doing jobs that weren't related to writing and even jobs that she hated because they paid the bills, right? But because she was doing the thing that brought her joy, which she was compelled to do, which was her writing, she was okay because, you know, her bills were paid and she was doing what was calling to her. Exactly. And so, again, on that process, you realize, and as you gain momentum, the people you should be talking to and the people you know that will help you guide you to the next step. They're easier. Those identifiers are easier to find. So I speak to a lot of people and they're like, I can't leave my job because of money or whatever, or they're in a space where like, they're not sure if their clients are going to renew. Like Mm -hmm. what was your practice when you have those kind of moments of like, Oh gosh, like, is this actually going to work out? I'm not sure I'm going to pay my rent. Like what have you found that works for you to kind of shift out of that space? If anything, I have to say for a long time, I lived in that space. I had to, it was, I think I had to go through that period to, to learn the trust. I had to learn trust in myself and in the experience and the universe presenting you with your path. And so you, I think I had to go through years of that without any practice to, to realize that, okay, I'm going to be okay. So what can I, instead of wasting all that time and energy on worrying Instead of wasting all that time on being sad that I don't have a job, how can I flip that energy and use it in a positive nature for my company, for myself as a human being, um, and on a spiritual level as well? Mm, I think that's amazing. How do you define success? 
I think success to me is being able to wake up in the morning and have a job that I'm excited about and that I get to experience with so many wonderful people, friends and family that I've met along the way. That yeah. is success to me. I get to do that. Every but every, day. yeah, every day. I mean, that does sound kind of amazing. Um, if you had advice to your younger self, like maybe when you had just graduated college and you'd come out of Babson, knowing what you know now, what would that advice be? I think it would be to initiate a self-care practice in your routine as early as possible. Um, whether that is reading or meditating or taking a bath or just having time for yourself, you're only as good and as healthy as you are. And that's who you present to the world. And so you have to make sure that that person is strong and healthy and as at peace as possible to go forward. Yeah, I think self-care is, is key. And it's not the indulgent kind of like going to the spa and I'm not going to do anything else. It's really ensuring you're at your best to do the work and to interact with people. Exactly. And learning how to do that wherever you are. I think that's something that I've had to work on in that process is if I'm in China or if I'm in Australia or wherever it may be because I wanted to be there, how do I come back and take that time for myself and stay grounded? and stay present enough uh, to enjoy every moment of it instead of worrying about what's going to be happening six months down the line. Yeah, I think that's it's tremendous. So, Missy, I know that you are going to be teaching a course at Babson College, um, which I think is unbelievable. Can you tell everyone just a little bit about what that course is, what the intention is, and like why you think it's important? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's still being broken down into to what we're going to teach. But honestly, it's bringing the metaphysical world and the business world together in one. And how can we, as entrepreneurs, embrace intuition? How do we embrace intuition? How can we learn to embrace intuition? Um, what methods and how can we realign what we've learned to incorporating a more spiritual aspect to it. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And so why, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it kind of make, it makes sense to me. So I guess for someone who's listening, why is intuition? Why do you believe intuition is so important in business? I mean, we've covered it a ton, but I mean, people are like, well, I can make the logical decision. Why would I go with intuition? Uh, I, uh, That's a really deep question. <laughs> um, can you re can you say that again? Yeah. So why if I've, I if I've spent my life making decisions based on logic, and I see other people doing that, and it seems to make sense. Why would I want to think about making the business decisions with intuition? And why do you think it's a more powerful way to make decisions? Well, I think, I don't think you come to that question, that intersection until your logical thinking um, doesn't feel right anymore in some way, shape or form. There is a moment, there is an interaction, there's an incident that happens where 
you used your logical thinking and it didn't put you in a place you wanted to be. And I think at that point, you can look back and say, you know what, there was something there, something inside that wasn't, that didn't align. And I, I should have trusted that. So I think it's a, a, you know, a pinpoint sometimes. Sometimes you don't see it, but if you look back, you'll see yeah, that. There is a sense of knowing. It's kind yep. of like, I really like, you know, this is not Alcoholics Anonymous, but I do like their thinking where like your highest thinking, your best thinking got you here. So yeah. it doesn't really work. And I think mm-hmm. that's like in a lot of situations, people have to get to a space where they've used logic and then they're like, but this doesn't feel the way I want it to feel. I'm not necessarily having the experience I wanted to have. And right. it doesn't make sense to me because logically I made all the right decisions. Mm-hmm. There's like another layer. Exactly. And then also you put a layer of expectation on it. Like you thought you, this is how you expected or thought it would turn out and it didn't. And then you're there. You're at that (laughs) point where you're like, okay, something has to change. And do you stick with what's not working or do you trust something that is part of the unknown and try it? How would you describe intuition? What is it? Personally, <laughs> being a bundle of energy, um, I, I think through past lives over and over, the lessons we learn and as in this lifetime that we are in right now, we are able to take all of that information that we have and it guides us on another level in another dimension to where we should be guided to. It's guiding us to where we should be to, to be the best possible person we can be. So it's kind of like all those layers and years of experience that we've got. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Missy, it was so fabulous to have you on the Cubicle Revolution. Really, like, just so inspired. Where can people find you? And um, what, and just again, high level, your company and what you do. Sure, no problem. So uh, I'm a creative director. Our company creates experiences through the senses um, to give your guests and clients an unbelievable experience. Uh, you can reach us through our website, www.missyfine.com, and come take a look at what we do, and we'd love to collaborate with, with people. Let's do this. I don't know, and I'm just so inspired by the fact that you feel like the experiences come to you through your spiritual practice and your experience of the world. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Thank you. Yes, it's incredible life. It was not always easy to get here, but I'm really glad I got here and using all of that momentum to uh, create some awesome projects for the world. Well, thank you so much. Thank you.